You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. A glimmer of hope before a major transit disruption scheduled for later this week. Both sides in Metro Vancouver's transit dispute are heading back to the bargaining table. The 11th hour session gets underway tomorrow. Ted Chernecki has more on the odds a deal will get done and the options if talks break off again. Over at Unifor Local 111, it's starting to resemble a war room. All preparations are underway, anticipating a full bus stoppage for the first time in 19 years. If we don't have a fair agreement by midnight at this Wednesday, we shut down the entire bus system. Short of a seismic shift on both sides of this dispute, come Wednesday, no buses or sea buses will be running. All SkyTrain lines, including the Canada line, will be operating with extra trains in off-peak hours. Most of West Van's blue buses will run, as will the West Coast Express and HandyDart. This morning, TransLink's CEO said the only place the settlement is reached is at the bargaining table. It's time to bargain and not issue ultimatums. Two hours later, the union called a news conference to announce this. We have confirmed that we are going back to the bargaining table tomorrow afternoon. Trouble is, half of all riders on SkyTrain first take a bus to get aboard. So SkyTrain is loosening its rules and will allow bicycles at the back of the train. SFU is trying to organize a rider pay shuttle bus to get students from production way to campus. A lot of people I know are just very, very stressed. They already have enough stress from studying, uh, and now they have to make things work as well. The daily commute is broken. And a new service is being launched where Lyft Tango will offer to organize your carpool for free. Lyft Tango offers a new approach to carpooling. Our app will find someone who suits your trip and then you'll have the option to see who those people are, decide to match with them. We'll drive you to each other through Google Maps and you'll drive together. TransLink data scientists estimate that a full-on bus strike will add about 36,000 more vehicles on the road every day. Buckle up. Tension on Global News. Buckle up indeed, because Keith Baldry joins us now, live from Victoria, with more on the impact that we could see come Wednesday. Keith, if there's no movement at the bargaining table. Yeah, we asked TransLink to put together some statistics to show just uh, how to measure the impact of this strike uh, on the traveling public, also on the economy and on the environment. So take a look at these numbers put out by TransLink today. As Ted just mentioned, uh, in the morning rush hour, if there's no buses, we expect 36,000 more cars to be on the road. You think you're in gridlock now? Wait till Wednesday morning. Also, 25% of bus passengers earn less than $40,000. They simply can't afford to get around any way else other than public transit. 99,000 workers are approximately uh, don't have a driver's license or even a vehicle. So they've got no access to anything other than public transit. And also 250,000 people, as Ted mentioned, uh, generally use buses to get to SkyTrain. So even though SkyTrain will be running, the challenge for many people is actually getting to a SkyTrain station because most people take a bus to get there. Now here at the legislature today, we once again had to go around in the hallway with Labour Minister Harry Baines. He's sticking to his guns. The only way out of this is at the bargaining table, not through government intervention. And I firmly believe that uh, the collective agreements are negotiated at the bargaining table. And the parties were not at the bargaining table, so we were urging them every day, every chance we got. And uh, finally, uh, they have agreed to get back to the bargaining table. And I hope uh, that they will stay there until the deal is, uh, is uh, worked out. Well, we've got that Wednesday deadline looming. Keith, realistically, how long can the Labour Minister stick to his position of not e- intervening if, in fact, they go ahead with the strike on Wednesday? 
Yeah, it's a conversation we have daily with him over here. I think as long as the two sides are talking, Harry Baines can make the case. Uh, his getting involved could make things worse. But if talks break down and we have a full-on strike, he'll be under enormous pressure to invoke one of the options he has under the Labor Code, whether it's appointing a mediator or a special mediator or directing a vote of, on the final offer from the employer to the employees. Uh, but I don't think he can sit on the sidelines idly by if this thing drags on with nobody talking and everybody walking. All right. Thanks very much. Keith Baldry, live in Victoria. More questions than answers tonight about two bodies found in a home in Surrey last week. Relatives and friends identifying a 21-year-old homicide victim as an international student from India. The second body discovered, that of an 18-year-old male. Sarah McDonald has more on the mysterious circumstances and what roommates say they heard that night. By all accounts, Prableen Mathru had the world at her feet. The Indian national, just 21 years old, studying, working and thriving in Canada for years until last week. I saw ambulance came and I already saw all the police cars were around, about five or six cars. And then I was wondering what's going on. Mathru identified Monday as the victim in an apparent murder-suicide days ago that led to the discovery of two bodies inside this house in Surrey, where tenants say Mathru was a renter. I was here, but yeah, I heard, I heard something. I just stayed in my room. The 18-year-old man found deceased alongside her, whose death is not suspicious, was not. It's unusual. So yeah, it's kind of like scary. That sedan parked in this driveway at the center of that investigation last week is no longer here. Neighbors and tenants telling us they had never seen it before. Yeah, that was a surprise. When a young girl uh, who is trying to kind of explore her life and she dies in this tragedy, it's very sad for the community. Punjabi radio host Harjinder Tind has spoken with Mathru's parents, notified of the death of their only child by phone in India. They basically are very pained and they're hurt. The agony, you can understand that. And they want to know really what happened to their daughter. So do friends and classmates from Langara College, where Mathru studied business, eventually graduating and obtaining a working permit and set to return to India in 2020. Instead, her death remains shrouded in mystery, along with the identity of the Lower Mainland man who investigators insinuate killed her and then himself. Sarah McDonald, Global News. The murder trial for a man accused in the death of a Burnaby teenager has been set for September of next year. Just months after he arrived in Canada from Syria, Ibrahim Ali was charged with first-degree murder in the death of Marissa Shen. The 13-year-old's body was found in Burnaby Central Park in July of 2017. The preliminary inquiry for the accused has been cancelled. Ali will be tried by jury. The proceedings are scheduled to begin September 21st of 2020. The trial began today for two drivers charged in the death of a Brazilian exchange student. The teen was struck and killed in a Burnaby crosswalk back in January of 2018. Grace Key was in court today and has more on the case laid out so far. And a warning, some of the testimony is graphic. Grace? Yeah, Crown is saying that the young 14-year-old exchange student from Brazil was not just struck by one vehicle, but by two. So that first vehicle was a pickup driven by Paul Wong, and the second one by Kai Manchuna, both facing several charges, including driving without due care and attention. They've both entered not guilty pleas. 
14-year-old Fernanda Garato was killed in January 2018 at a marked crosswalk on Caribou Road near Highway 1 in Burnaby. It was about 7 o'clock in the morning. It was raining and dark. Now, Crown says Wong uh, first struck Garato in his pickup. He pulled over, was getting out of his car when Chu went around the pickup and struck the young teen in his Toyota while she was on the ground, dragging her for about 40 meters before he pulled over. Police audio tapes were played out in court of the drivers being interviewed. Chu saying he didn't see anything on the ground. He knew that he hit something. He panicked. There were cars behind him and he did eventually pull over. Now in court it also came out that after this fatal collision there were actually two other incidents at the same crosswalk where people were struck and then within a few months the city of Burnaby did put out uh, make changes to the crosswalk adding a pedestrian activated light. Now, this case is expected to go on for four days. Tomorrow, we are going to be hearing from a witness who was at the bus stop at the time of this collision. Sophie? All right, thanks for that. Grace Key reporting for us live. Property owners in Vancouver could be in for a steep tax hike if City Council approves its proposed 2020 budget. The draft operating budget is structured in three categories. Fixed costs to maintain city services at present levels, Filling service gaps and addressing risks, which includes the addition of more police officers and firefighters. And investments to advance council's priorities. Those are initiatives such as more affordable and social housing, investments in arts and culture, and addressing the climate emergency. Should council approve all of the items, the total tax increase for 2020 would be just over 8%. That's an average of $150 more per year for residential property owners, or about $12 per month, $270 a year for commercial property owners. All right, the five-year financial plan will be considered by the city at a special council meeting on December 3rd. Well, the local mountains woke up to their first real snowfall this morning. The North Shore receiving a dusting of snow overnight, prompting ski resorts to celebrate. Catherine Urquhart has more on the reaction to the first wintry blast from the peaks to the streets. At Cypress Mountain Resort, a dusting of the white stuff. With Christmas holidays just weeks away, it's exactly what the local operators have been hoping for. Winter came finally, uh, so it's uh, it's pretty much right on schedule with last year. Got uh, a lot of fresh snow on the ground, maybe about eight centimeters here in the base, and we were able to fire up our snowmaking system last night and uh, pound out some man-made snow. And we can see, still hear some guns going behind us, but we'll shut down for today and charge them back up tonight when the sun goes away. Those snowmaking efforts will continue, even though the mountain doesn't have an opening date yet. Also preparing for snow, just about every garage in town as motorists scramble to buy winter tires. It's been fairly hectic. The phones have been ringing pretty much nonstop since the clouds lifted and there was a little bit of powder in the, in the mountains. Winter tires are softer, giving them more traction on colder roads. They're easily identified by this mountain snowflake symbol. Winter tires a must if you're planning to travel the Coquihalla Highway, with snow and freezing rain falling recently at the summit. A similar story on the Hope Princeton. Conditions that are typical for this time of year. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. And the winter blast is not over yet. Meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us for an early look at the incoming chill. Christy? 
So for starters, we have a very slight chance of snow across the lower mainland tomorrow. And I urge you to remember, I said slight chance. Most areas will be dry tomorrow. The computer models are not in agreement. But this one is showing that we could see snow over higher terrain, with that freezing level dropping to about 150 metres potentially tomorrow morning. Even lower elevations, you may see a few pockets of rain with a few flakes or wet snow in the mix as well. By the afternoon, though, it all clears out with a few flurries just potentially across Vancouver Island. And then the cold air pushes in. Yes, tomorrow a transition day with cold Arctic air shifting in right across the province and it's going to hold in place through the week. Cold northerly winds, 50 kilometers per hour. And by late in the week, areas in the interior could be down to minus 25 and along the coast, minus 10. All Thanks. Right. All right. We'll talk to you in a bit. Thanks, Christy. A former officer for the Canada Border Services Agency has filed a lawsuit against the agency, saying its response to her sexual harassment claim added insult to injury. Janelle Buchanan claims she was subjected to intense and inappropriate interrogation after filing a complaint against a male co-worker. Jill Bennett reports. This is where Janelle Buchanan worked as a firearms instructor with Canada Border Services Agency. In the spring of 2015, Buchanan says she was barbecuing food for staff working a Saturday overtime shift when she was inappropriately approached by a male employee. This individual came up behind me, grabbed my hips, thrusted himself into me, and made the comment that if he was single, I could cook for him any time. She says she witnessed the same employee approaching women, sometimes offering to hold a rag under their noses. He would say, does this smell like chloroform to you? I witnessed that personally multiple times. Um, he never did that to me. I also witnessed him call himself the Ether Bunny. The following year, Buchanan, along with several others, filed a formal complaint of sexual harassment and bullying against the employee. He was fired in 2017. Buchanan has now filed a civil suit against CBSA and two other employees. The suit claims during an investigation that followed the firing, Buchanan was degraded and humiliated, first by a female employee. Once she actually got to my inner thighs and groin area, she actually laughed at me and made the comment, I, oh, I haven't done this in a really long time, um, which was absolutely appalling. So I'm basically there getting frisked and groped and trying not to cry. For more than three hours, Buchanan says she was questioned about her personal life. 80% of my interview was sexual in nature, um, basically about my off-duty conduct interview was worse than any of the sexual harassment or sexual assault that I endured as an employee. Buchanan resigned last March but says she filed the suit because she doesn't want anyone else to go through what she did. I have spoken with others beforehand um, and I recognize that it's difficult for employees to come forward, especially those who are current employees. There's a, there's a chill or a fear in speaking out and seeking redress publicly. Both CBSA and the Customs and Immigration Union declined to comment on the case. None of the allegations has been proven in court. Jill Bennett, Global News. Black Friday and Cyber Monday are just days away, making the or marking the unofficial kickoff of the holiday shopping season. Unfortunately, it is also the time of year when fraud artists are hard at work. Our Consumer Matters reporter Andrea has some advice on how to avoid being scammed. And mm-hmm. know who you are shopping with. That's uh, the most important takeaway. Thanks, mm-hmm. Sophie. From identity theft to phishing scams, fraudsters are gearing up for online shopping. The Better Business Bureau says 90% of consumers 
consumers have engaged with the scam on social media. Most of those scams were disguised as ads and more than 50% of people fell for them. It's the reason why shoppers need to think before they click. And here are some tips now. When shopping online, make sure you shop with reputable retailers that provide an actual street address and phone number, not just a P.O. box. Make sure the retailer provides several ways to contact them. If in doubt, call the retailer directly. Make sure the site has a privacy policy and read the refund and exchange policies. Read reviews from several sources. Look for several payment options. Reputable retailers want to give consumers as many options as possible. Beware of deals and discounts that appear too good to be true and are considerably lower than market price. Beware of emails and websites that contain spelling mistakes and poor grammar. And don't use public Wi-Fi when making purchases or while doing online banking. It can be a huge security risk to your personal information. Taking these few simple steps could help protect you from the many scams that are out there. If we're looking at the types of scams, we're seeing counterfeit products, we're seeing online purchase scams, we're seeing fake websites, we're seeing identity theft, we're seeing credit card theft and credit card details being compromised. We see a spike, especially in phishing scams, because this is an opportunity where retailers will be sending a lot of communications, especially by email, to their you know, subscribers and their consumers. And so the scammers pretty much piggyback on this process. And so phishing scams spike up significantly, where you know they're trying to harvest credit card numbers or gather information to carry out identity theft. You have to be so careful. So also be wary of fake shipping notices. They're common at this time of year and they're designed to steal your personal information. Your best defense is to never click on a link you are unsure of and never hand over your personal information. If you have any doubt, go to the retailer's website to track the status of your order. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right, good advice. Thank you, Ann. Thanks. Amazing video. It almost looks like a waterfall, but it's actually an avalanche of snow crashing down a mountain in Switzerland. The video shot by the local snow patrol in the southern part of the country. It happened after heavy snowfall in the mountainous areas of Italy and Switzerland, and the Swiss government has issued a level four out of five alert for more avalanches in the same area. It went on for more than a minute. Well, heavy rain is is the problem in southern Europe where flooding and landslides have killed at least seven people. Flash floods have devastated coastal areas of Greece, France and Italy. Some victims were trapped in their cars. Others were swept away by rushing water. Authorities in all three countries say it's unclear how many people are still missing. Rivers in northern Italy are still being monitored after a number of landslides over fears they will swell even more. It could be a couple of multi-billionaires squaring off in the 2020 U.S. presidential election, although the newest candidate has his work cut out for him. Former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, one of the world's richest men, announcing he wants to take on Donald Trump as the Democrats' presidential nominee. After years of will he or won't he, three-term New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, a former Republican turned independent, now a Democrat, in a Virginia diner today, now a presidential candidate. This is going to be on trail. Uh, it's going to be good. No kickoff rally with supporters, just an announcement with reporters. I am running for president to defeat Donald Trump and to unite and rebuild America. 
Fearing a Biden slump, a Warren surge, and a Trump victory, Bloomberg saw an opening launching a record $30 million in TV ads to instant criticism from his opponents. Michael Bloomberg is making a bet about democracy in 2020. He doesn't need people. He only needs bags and bags of money. The self-made mega-billionaire is skipping the early primaries. But can Bloomberg win over African-Americans despite his stop-and-frisk program ruled unconstitutional for targeting people of color? He apologized a week ago. I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Bloomberg's campaign tells us he thinks only a moderate can beat President Trump in the critical battleground states. The test for Bloomberg, though, is persuading enough Democrats to get the chance to take on the president. Uber has lost its license to drive in London, although it is still operating for now. The British capital decided not to renew Uber's license because of repeated safety violations. Among them, some 14,000 trips involving unauthorized drivers who passed themselves off as Uber drivers. Uber is appealing the decision and its 45,000 drivers in London can continue to work while it's being heard. One of the biggest names in luxury fashion has been sold. The French luxury goods company LVMH has bought Tiffany's for more than $21 billion Canadian. LVMH already owns 75 luxury brands, including Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior, and Dom Perignon. Tiffany's has more than 300 stores worldwide, but it has struggled in the U.S. Sales to Chinese tourists have dropped with the ongoing trade war between the two countries. In Health Matters tonight, the NDP government has announced a new urgent and primary care center for Victoria. The government says the center will give patients in the region increased access to doctors, nurse practitioners, nurses and mental health and substance substance use clinicians. Scheduled to open in March of next year and will provide extended hours of care 365 days a year. It will serve people with non-threatening conditions who need to see a health care provider urgently and will provide full-service primary care within 12 to 24 hours for people who do not have a family doctor or nurse practitioner, or for those who can't see their family doctor quickly enough. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Well, we all know air pollution is bad for our health, but a new study from UBC suggests even low levels of it have an impact. As Linda Aylesworth reports, the research suggests it could be taking years off our lives. When it comes to air quality, Canada is pretty clean, but we're not perfect. We wanted to see how low could we detect effects on the population in terms of health uh, for levels of air pollution. And so UBC professor Michael Brower launched a cross-Canada study comparing the health of those who live in areas with high levels of air pollution, like urban centres, with those in more rural areas. Across Canada, when we compared basically the lower uh, levels of pollution uh, to the higher, we saw about a 5% increased risk of, of dying uh, from air pollution. According to Health Canada, that translates into seven to 10,000 deaths a year. The largest impact is due to heart and lung disease. But there are many other pollution-related complications. Things like type 2 diabetes, um, pregnancy outcomes, so we see children uh, being born at lower, lower birth weight, pulmonary affections like pneumonia, which is a, still a major killer. Air pollution can make existing diseases worse because the immune system can mistake it for foreign invaders like viruses and bacteria. 
And because it can't kill that pollution, that response keeps going. So now your bloodstream is just full of, of these inflammatory cells, and they start to basically attack um, other, other organ systems. These days, wildfires account for much of the air pollution we breathe in Canada, but non-electric vehicles are perhaps the greatest culprits. The closer you live to a busy road, the worse your exposure. We've done many studies sort of showing the impact of this transportation pollution. Uh, reaches out over 150, 300 meters, so three blocks away, let's say, from a major road. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. A routine stop for gas in Louisiana becomes a life or death drama. Who or what was behind the wheel right after the forecast? Well, let's check in with Christy now. Uh, we heard there could be uh, some colder weather, maybe a little bit more snow in the forecast earlier. Let's get the details now from Christy. Yes, so certainly feeling like winter this week, starting off with it. This is the actual uh, current conditions on the Coquihalla snow there, and we're expecting that to continue into tomorrow morning, along with Allison Pass. So yes, whiteout conditions. I would recommend waiting until about noon or afterwards to uh, head that way. Meanwhile, across the lower mainland, as we mentioned, the slight possibility of some snow. Uh, best chance of seeing it would be higher elevations along the North Shore. So higher elevations of Coquitlam, uh, Maple Ridge, and then in the east, Fraser Valley. Now, that doesn't mean that these areas couldn't see a few flakes, but in terms of accumulation, not likely. So here's your school day forecast. Give yourself a little bit of extra time uh, to drive in because it may be a little bit slower. Most likely you'll see just uh, showers if you see anything at all as temperatures around three or four degrees, but only warming up to five, at least some sunshine in the mix. The other key areas we'll be watching is Howe Sound up towards Whistler, certainly the potential for snow there, and a few flurries across Vancouver Island, especially towards the afternoon hours and as I mentioned earlier special weather statement issued by Environment Canada because it's going to be a cold and windy week. So inland regions could be as cold as minus 25. That's at night, not your daytime highs and down to minus 10 again at night uh, for most, uh, not all areas, but some areas across coastal regions and then you add the wind on that and makes it feel even colder. So make sure the kids are bundled up. They'll need it this week starting with tomorrow as temperatures plummet overnight and that Arctic front shifts in right across the province. Not a lot of precipitation expected tomorrow, but maybe a few showers or flurries. And then from there on in, cold but sunny right through until Sunday, actually. And I'll leave you with a nice shot of a rainbow. Oh, no, no. I picked this one. I forgot. The snow geese oh. on uh, Iona Beach. I was contemplating between two different <laughs> ones. So. <laughs> All right. That one's very nice. Yeah. It was a good choice. And there was a beautiful rainbow yesterday, I, I noticed, as we were coming back from the North Shore. All right. All right. Thanks, Christy. Caught on security video, a minor miracle in Louisiana where a stop for gas almost ended up in a multi-car pileup. After the driver gets out of the SUV, apparently a five-pound chihuahua inside accidentally puts the vehicle into reverse. The vehicle owner tries to stop it, but she loses her footing and falls. Remarkably, the vehicle then slowly backs across a four-lane highway, missing oncoming traffic before coming to rest in another gas station lot. The owner was slightly injured. Everyone else, though, including the dog, is okay. Who, me? Yeah. He says, I didn't do anything. <laughs> All right, not a, not, a, not a great finish for the Canucks tonight. Well, they got one in Washington. They mm -hmm. got one in Nashville. A lot of people thought they would get wiped out all six games in this road trip. So they're even. They're 2-2 two two so far. they got Pittsburgh next. Uh, they beat Nashville with their power play and the goaltending of Jacob Markstrom, and they really 
That great goaltending from Markstrom against Washington Saturday morning when they won that game in a shootout. Tonight in Philadelphia, goaltending also played a big part in the Canucks game. This time, Thatcher Demko got the start instead of Markstrom, and he was very good. But the Canucks weren't very good in front of him. Gritty is there. Gritty's always there for the Flyers. Canucks first goal, only goal. Nice pass from Horvat to JT Miller. And that made it 1-0 for the Canucks. Then, in the second period, well, make, make it one more in the first period before I go to the second. That one by Elias Pettersson actually was deflected just off the crossbar. If that had gone in, maybe it's a different game. He wasn't smiling at the end. Then a scramble in the second period in front of the Canucks net. No, no, get it out, get it out. Uh, Sean Couturier, puck finally finds a stick and he beats Demko. That makes it 1-1. Look at Demko here. What a save off Philippe Meyer. Two more looks. This is in the third period as he's trying to keep his boys in it. Finally, Philadelphia would get one more by him. Philadelphia had most of the play in this game, especially in the second and third periods. Jacob Voracek, it's a perfect shot. That's what you'll need to beat Thatcher Demko on this night. That made it 2-1. Canucks only had 18 shots on goal. This was shot number 18, and it nearly went in. But Carter Hart made the save and held the Canucks down, and it's a 2-1 win for Philadelphia. Hey, this was at the Winnipeg Airport today. I know it has a different name, but I'm calling it the Winnipeg Airport. Mm -hmm. Willie Jefferson, I think that is, with the Grey Cup trophy. A lot of fans on hand. There will be a parade tomorrow as Winnipeg won the Grey Cup yesterday. First Grey Cup since 1990, when Pump Up the Jam was considered new and fresh music. I was in grade 10. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Celebrating in Winnipeg. Good for them. It's nice that they won it. A, t a city that loves the CFL, that cares about the CFL, won it unlike two years ago when Toronto won it and no one cared. Uh, when the Seahawks were winning earlier in the season, it was essentially because of Russell Wilson and the offense. But that seems to be changing. The defense has been a big factor in their last two wins over San Francisco and yesterday against Philadelphia. Seattle head coach Pete Carroll said it took a bit longer than they thought, but they always knew the Seahawks defense would come around. We've been waiting, you know, kind of waiting on, on to see if it would show. And, and uh, the aggressiveness and the, the attack at the line of scrimmage is really um, taking an, up, uh, an uptick. And, and we're getting uh, the kind of activity that bothers the quarterbacks and forces the quarterbacks into mistakes and errors. And that's why the ball's been coming our way. As, as always, that's always the case. The Vancouver Warriors really did have former NHL tough guy and social media superstar Paul Bizanet show up for their training camp. It continued an online story that has generated more publicity for the Warriors than they have ever had before. Welcome to the Vancouver Warriors training camp. Thanks, pal. How much fun did you have with uh, Biz Nasty? Oh, it was a lot of fun. He's a great guy to work with. Uh, the, the players just loved it, and I got a kick out of it as well. From the get-go, the first uh, tweet that he put out about he could play in the NLL, it's exceeded our expectations tenfold. It's just uh, taken on a life of its own. Hey! It's turned out to be the best sports marketing campaign lacrosse has ever seen. 
Nobody expected Paul Bissonnette to make the Vancouver Warriors, but the attention from Biznasty's tryout has generated the kind of buzz organizations dream of. I don't know if you heard, but Slashin's allowed, sweetheart. You know, the numbers are just huge as far as the views. And even, even the, the first day that first tweet went out, the word lacrosse had been Googled 1.2 million times. And, uh, you know, that, that's never heard of before. Yeah, let's bring it in here, boys. Give me a Biz20 promo code on three. One, two, three, Biz20 promo code. Let's go, swipe up, let's go. Come on, Ben. Over 1.2 million people and counting have watched Biz Nasty's interaction with the Warriors. The trick now is translating that into bums in the seats. The Warriors averaged 6,800 fans last season. If they can cash in on just a small percentage of Bissonette's massive loyal following, they'll easily double those attendance figures. Lots of people picking up the phone and yeah, the activity is ramped up, so. We had a team dinner at the end of training camp the other day, uh, Saturday night, and the, the young waitress, she must have been about 25 years old, comes up and says, I have to ask you, were, were you in the Biz Nasty, Biz Nasty video? And I said, yeah, I was. And she goes, well, did he make the team? I said, well, you're going to have to wait till Sunday to find out. We've got something in mind for you. It's not on the floor. It's an ambassador role. You've got quite the following out there. We want to bring some of those people to Rogers Arena, and we think you're the person that can do that. I'm a little ticked off. I got snipped first day of training camp, and I feel like I've been disrespected a little bit. But this could be a happy medium. Welcome to the Vancouver Warriors. Like that actually, you see the whole yeah. video. It's very funny. It's very ow, well done. I, I didn't. That's what he said. I didn't realize there was cross-checking allowed and slashing. Oh, yeah. all kinds of terrible Everything, stuff. Everything, yeah. Snipped on the first day of training yeah. camp. All right. Thanks, Squire. Thanks, Squire. Mm. Here's your snow report for this evening. Very exciting. Two mountains open now. Now, Whistler Blackcomb will open this Thursday, November 28th. Grouse, Cypress, Sasquatch, and Manning Park all still waiting to find a date. Revelstoke and Fernie, though, will open this Saturday. Kicking Horse, December 6th. Big White, Silver Star, this Thursday on November 28th. And Sun Peaks is open now with 66-centimeter base. As for Apex, it will open December 7th. Mount Washington still waiting to find a date. Whitewater, December 6th. Red Mountain, December 12th. And Powder King is open with a fresh 5 centimeters today. Coming up on ET Canada, the biggest moments you might have missed at last night's American Music Awards. Plus, new music and holiday traditions with Nicole Kidman, our new sit-down with Keith Urban, and we're with Alessia Cara and Will Arnett at Canada's Walk of Fame. That's coming up at 7 right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. Thank you, sir. All right, an APB across Europe tonight after a priceless smash-and-grab theft in Germany. Thieves broke into one of the world's oldest museums in Dresden, getting away with a massive haul of priceless jewels. It's called the Green Vault, but in a matter of minutes, police say thieves broke in. A security camera capturing two of them before dawn with flashlights in the jewel room, pulling out an axe, hacking their way through display cases, holding nearly a hundred sparkling artifacts, getting away with diamond brooches, an ornate sword, a string of pearls. The jewels so precious, officials say they can't put a price on them. The museum director said the stolen treasures from the 18th century were handed down over generations. The Green Vault in Dresden's Royal Palace is one of Europe's oldest museums, home to nearly 4,000 artifacts, including the 41-carat Dresden Green Diamond. 
it and more than a dozen other valuables are safe and sound tonight in New York, on loan to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Tonight, investigators in Germany are combing for clues. They think someone set a fire at a nearby power station to plunge the area into darkness, but so far no sign of the brazen thieves or Dresden's priceless treasures. Kelly Kobiea, NBC News. Quick footnote to that story, too. The museum's guards actually watched the robbery on security video as it happened, but they didn't intervene because they are unarmed, and the museum's safety protocols don't allow them to confront thieves. Hmm. Watch because it. it's expensive no. stuff, is it a heist and not a robbery? No, yeah. You ever notice that? Use the if, you, if, you, if you steal something really expensive, it's a heist. Yeah. It's a heist. But yeah. if, you do, if you just, like, mug something. like a yeah. caper? It could be a caper. It could be a caper. But a caper doesn't usually involve a lot of violence. A caper is right. like sneaky. Right. A caper is not necessarily right. breaking the law. No, I think it's breaking oh, the law. Okay. It's just you do it much more. You do it in a tuxedo. Danny Ocean was <laughs> involved, probably. <laughs> yes, right, yeah. You in a tuxedo. Uh, okay, who's who stole fall? And gave us winter <laughs> instead. That's still coming. Mother Nature did. So uh, it's a very slight chance of flurries, mainly over higher terrain uh, for the lower mainland. Most areas should be dry, but just keep your eye out for that tomorrow morning and then sunshine by the afternoon. All right, thanks, Christy. And thank you for watching. Have a great night. Good night, all.